not coming at somebody's intelligence. I'm saying that on the football field, Brock Purdy deciphers and breaks down defensive concepts faster and quicker than Dak Prescott does. Dak Prescott is a old school tube TV. Brock Purdy is a 3D. It's just quicker. Process is quicker. That 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 picture is crisp. The hertz on that is like 690 to 150. Yo, bad. That shit crazy. On a Saturday! It's All Even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Whatever you find your podcast, I'm on there. I'm all over the place. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment. Tell a friend to tell a friend, and then that tell and then tell that friend. You can go to TikTok and all those other places. You can find me there too. The page is growing. There's no claw. There's no chili. There's no fang. There's no there's no GQ Phil. There's no Jimmy the Super Intern. No one's here except the silent assassin. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, listen, you were severely missed. Okay? Just like you were gone for a month. Never leave that long again. Right? Okay. It's not it's not allowed on the Olive Podcast. Not allowed. But did you have fun? Yeah, it was a good time. Saw a lot. Yeah. Um, I was sick for a majority of it. I pushed through. <laughs> yeah, we climbed up some volcanoes and walked a lot. Nice. It was, it was a good time. Nice. Good time. So out of the whole trip, how many days do you say that you were intoxicated? Um, The first day when I got there, I was pretty much, you know, yeah. not really there. And then I woke up the next morning and be like, oh, I don't feel too good. Yeah. And then... um. Toward the end of it, I was feeling a bit better, so then I was drinking a little bit more. So, and what yeah. is it really? Is it is it the is it the the motion sickness that's the issue? For me, like I'm usually pretty bad with that, so I'll take like medication. So yeah. I'm fine. Like once I'm like take some pills, but yeah. like it was just I think I mentioned to you it was like I literally pulled up to JFK. Everyone in the whole you know, airport's coughing, so oh, I caught whatever they had on the plane, everyone's coughing, it was like eight hours going there, so just oh, coughing for eight hours, so brutal. I just caught whatever that was, but usually that is like the main issue, is it's the motion sickness for people, but yeah. I, was, I was good on that. Yeah, man, I, I haven't been on one of those yet, but yeah. they, you know, I, I'm going to have to be severely medicated when I get on the boat, because yeah. you just have me on this boat in the middle of nowhere, uh-huh. and there's darkness everywhere. Uh-huh darkness yeah. spreading i don't i don't need that in my life yeah 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 and also too with the jfk thing like i would have put hands and feet on mm-hmm. people if you if you out there sneezing like that like cover up uh-huh. like you're not like you know i only expect four and five year old children to not cover their mouths when they cough and sneeze you feel what i'm saying like it's like yo come on now come on now like just have some decorum yeah. don't let me have to put hands and feet on you because i will i will See, like, also, like, the two, like, the cough. Yeah. Like, what is this doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, like, what is that? Yeah. First off, pause, right? Like, what, what, what is that? Hey, yo, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, so, so yeah, yeah, but look, glad to have you back. We had two live streaming shows. You know, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. I, I, I think that the engagement was cool. Um, you know, some technical issues in regards to some sound being off and stuff like, you know, when your connection is off and, uh, you know, but all in all, I think it was fine. Um, lots to get into though. There's a lot to get into. We got Thursday night football. Uh, between the Chiefs and the Broncos. I mean, that game was not entertaining, but there's a lot of tidbits to be able to come from that game. Um, maybe I'll do my week six preview, possibly. Um, what's going on with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys? Is Brock Purdy as good as he's actually playing? Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have some accusations of a toxic culture definitely going to get into that the denver broncos as i mentioned thursday night football they're bad but is there a grander plan here and i think there is um is mac jones still the guy in new england is bill belichick still the coach in new england those are things that i want to discuss Steve Smith and Jerry Judy get into it, and I loved every second of it. It was great. Um, Shaq is named the president of Reebok. Allen Iverson's his VP. You can't get any better than that. That's, that's great. That's great. Um, there's a warrant issued for Miles Bridges. I don't, I don't know what's going on with that guy. What's going on with Kai Jones? He recently got released as well from the Hornets. It's a mess. And the Philadelphia 76ers, James Harden, Daryl Morey, the saga continues. And there's a lot more foolery that came out today in regards to what the hell James Harden is talking about. I have no clue because he literally put himself here. And I'm going to go deep dive into that. Uh, my irrelevant news of the week. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. Before I get into all of that, Nicole. Before I get into all that, sports is good, but I got a bone to pick before I get into any of that stuff. What is going on with Jada Pinkett? Can I even call it Jada Pinkett Smith at this point? Huh? Because according to her, she hasn't been married to Will since 2016. So I can't call it Jada Pinkett Smith. She's Jada Pinkett now. That's what she is, right? Re remove the Smith. So... This just puzzles me, right? This is a man that has been vilified over the last year and changed, almost two years, based on what happened with the slap. And, you know, he's just been off. A lot of stress, you can tell that he's just not the same Will Smith, the same likable, smiley, you know, obnoxious laugh. Guy's just always positive. You know what I mean? He's just not that guy. And what's the common denominator here? You know, you got this woman that's been around his life for the last 20 plus years. And things have just not gone in a good way. Like she's talked about their, you know, their intimate life at times. She's talked about having an entanglement with some young boy. And all of a sudden he's gay now, which is crazy. And... Will Smith smacks Chris Rock and talks about keep your keep my wife's name out your mouth. And then we find out that that's not even his wife. 
What's going on here? I need to know. I need to know. So in the interview that she had, she said that they're not married anymore in 2016. And she was shocked when Will mentioned her as his wife when he smacked Chris Rock. Shocked. Help me understand. I need I, I need to understand something. Because I am not a fan of Candace Owens by any stretch. But Candace Owens was dropping some bars. Candace Owens said, listen, Jada Pinkett has been demasculating or emasculating Will Smith for years. The whole Tupac situation, how she's always talking about Tupac's her soulmate. The man that you've been married to for how long ain't? Takes bullets for you in the media. People making fun of you and he's coming to your defense. That's not your soulmate. That's the guy that you would embarrass on TV, embarrass on your stupid red table talk, talk podcast, right? You're going to go on this other interview and talk about we ain't been married since how long? First off, who cares? Let's just, let's just start there. Who cares about how long you've been married? Who cares? Nobody needed to know that information because ain't nobody looking for what Jada has to say. She's not Beyonce. She's not Taylor Swift. She's not nobody of relevance in, in regards to entertainment at this point. Nobody's looking for the next Jada movie. Nobody's looking for the next Jada uh, 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 TV series. Nobody's looking for it. And if I am going to look for it, I'll be looking for, <laughs> I'll be looking for the next Nosferatu movie. I've been looking for the next vampire movie. Get her the hell out of here. She's talking, you know, I'm going I'm to leave it alone. I promised Jasmine that I wouldn't say what I was going to say. But I just don't understand why she keeps choosing to embarrass this man. Like, if you claim that you love him, if you claim that you're trying to work through things, how does this help? I, I, like, wouldn't it be better to just keep all of this shit private? Who needs to know? Other than your 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 mother or your your you know your intimate family, who else needs to know that you guys are not married or you're separated or whatever it is? Mm. Just to keep like her, like you said, like no one's clicking on her, so just keep her like relevant. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone's always gonna like regardless. Everyone's going to be fans of Will Smith because he's that guy. Right. He's been that guy. So people are going to click and, and especially seeing him become, you know, like the, you know, everyone's saying like she's got all the control over him, kind of watching his like downfall. Yeah. Day, you know, people feel bad and all that stuff for him. And she's trying to like get him out of that situation. Like what? There's got to be something between them two that. You know why hasn't he left? She got to yeah. listen. She got to have gay pictures on him or something. She got <laughs> she she got to have. She must know where the bodies are buried. I, th that's the only reason that I have, uh -huh. because there's no way. Or my theory makes a whole bunch of sense that she is Nosferatu, and <laughs> if everybody knows who that is, it's a vampire. It sucks your blood, hypnotizes you, makes you do all types of wild shit. That makes sense to me. Mm. That makes sense to me, because that's why she looks. You know, you have to pull, you have to pull, I need the split image, put a Jada picture and put a picture of Nosferatu right next to each other. And they're the same person, same person. So that's, that's my thing. It's like, 
I could never associate myself with anybody that is going to constantly emasculate me like that, embarrass me, make me look weak to the masses. Like, if you care about me, you're supposed to try to protect my image, protect me from these things, not share this to the world and make me look crazy. Now, everybody, like, how, how many people have respect for Will Smith now? I'm, I'm sure there's still a, 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 a huge part of society that does. But there's also a part that doesn't. Because it's like, yo, you going to bat for this woman and she got no respect for you, bro. At all. You know, she talked about well, Chris Rock said that, uh, you know, after the slap, he was talking to me on the side, and he was like, listen, I didn't mean any disrespect, and she was like, hey, listen, this is some old stuff that that I don't know what's going, like, yo, all you had to say was, listen, it's a bad situation, I'm gonna handle it, I'm gonna talk to him and, and see what's going on, she pretty much like, I, I, I don't know what's going, how do you not know what's going on with him? Mm-hmm. And she's like the, you saw the look? Yeah. <laughs> the royal. She talks more passionately about the ghost of Tupac than she does about a living. <laughs> Yo, Will, listen. If you need the affection of your strange wife, just dress up like Tupac. <laughs> 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 just just dress up like Tupac. That's that's all I can tell you, man. But it's foul. I ain't gonna hold you, man. It's foul. Will Smith, you, listen, get your nuts back, man. You had your nuts back like 25 years ago. Get it back. Get it. I want I want bad boys Will Smith back. You know what I mean? I want that guy back. Come on, man. Don't let her do this to you. Don't let her do this. You the man. I don't know who's who's giving you information. I don't know who's telling you to stay and gut this out. You ain't got to. You don't have to deal with this, all right? Even people who get their blood sucked by vampires can be able to, to get out of that trance, all right? You can, you can get out of it somehow. Get your nuts back. That's all I'm saying because this woman, she, what she's doing right now is that she's telling other women out there that it's okay to do this. If you want to be open and honest about whatever you want to be open and honest about, be open and honest about you. Don't be open and honest about somebody else's information. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about certain personal stuff about you, but when it got to do with somebody else, leave that shit out of it. That's how I look at it. You know what I mean? So, moving on. Moving on. I'm done with her. Um, and I think everybody else is done with her, too. Nobody, nobody's looking for Jada. Nobody was nobody was seeking this information. She just vehemently just brings it up. Probably set the whole interview up by herself. Had to pay had to pay somebody to interview her. Get out of here with this nonsense. Nobody care about her. Um, Thursday night football. Chiefs win the game in dominating fashion, um, and I'm not shocked. I'm more of just like. I expected a little bit more dominance out of Kansas City. They win the game 19-8. Patrick Mahomes wasn't special, but he didn't need to be, right? 30 for 40, 305 yards, touchdown, interception, 
QBR was 60, passer rating was 94.4. So pretty solid night. Um, made a you know made a bonehead interception um, in the first half, but cleaned it up in the second half. The defense has been spectacular for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they haven't given up more than you know like 20 something points this whole season um, so far. So the defense has carried this team where in years past it's been the offense. It's been the offense that's been the 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 staple of this team, the excitement. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, all of these weapons that they have that are speedsters, they can be able to have these gadget plays and these creative plays that makes them unique to the competition. It's their defense that's carrying them. It's their running game that's carrying them now, which is really impressive. So, you know, they're just showing you how a team that can be able to have a certain identity can be able to evolve on the fly, even when they don't have those, you know, dynamic weapons that they've had in years past. So, you know, much respect to the um, Kansas City Chiefs. They look they look like a team that's trying to figure it out, but at the same time, they're still winning games. So that's what you're expecting. Um, moving over to the other side of the ball, though. The Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. The Denver Broncos. Just just terrible. Offensive line is bad. Running game is bad. Um, Russell Wilson, he's he's cooked-cooked. Like, you know, like over stovetop, uh, uh, oven-grilled... <laughs> Oven baked, just cooked, cooked. There's there's nothing spectacular about him as a quarterback at this point. He's just a guy. He's a jag. It's a guy. Thirteen for twenty two, ninety five yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. That's what you're paying for. That's what you're paying for. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. The contract hasn't even kicked in yet. That's what you're paying for. It's garbage. Complete rubbish. Their offensive line is crap. Running game is crap. Like I said, Jerry Judy. He does not look like a number one receiver, or he possibly needs to get out of there and figure it out. Cortland Sutton had a decent game. Uh, you know, he had four catches, 46 yards, a touchdown, if you want to call that, you know, okay. 11 and a half yards per reception. It was just a, it was a beating from pillar to post. Offensively, they look bad. Defensively, they have some pieces. Patrick Sertain. And those guys, they they try their best, but it's just a terrible offense. They don't have the weapons that they need to compete. They really don't. So it it goes into my my other question about this is that is this just what it is in Denver, or is this a part of the plan? I think this is a part of the plan. I think that when Sean Payton got hired, I think management, the front office said to him, look, we have this issue that we have to deal with here. We gave Russell Wilson this big contract. Didn't work out last year. We had to fire um, Hackett. We're bringing you in here to be the cleaner. So whatever you want to tear down, whatever guys you want to try to get rid of, um, you have car blanche to do so. But if you can be able to improve Russell Wilson's production, I think that would make us feel better in regards to giving him this extension and having to see it through. 
So at this point, Sean Payton is playing with house money. He doesn't care how bad they are. He doesn't care how bad they get. They can they can lose every game for the rest of the season, and it's only going to benefit them because what ends up happening, I believe, is I have to see if they have their draft pick. Because if they have their draft pick, then you know they can be able to go get themselves a um a nice player in the NFL draft. Let's go ahead and look this up. Does Denver have their draft pick? Because if they don't, they're completely fucked. <laughs> they're completely screwed. All right, let's go ahead and check this. Let's see. Let's see if Denver has their pick. Okay, so they do have their first round draft pick for this year, which is good. So if they go bad, then they can make two decisions. They can say, do we want to draft the quarterback for the future? Or do we want to take that draft pick, uh, you know, trade it and get some more pieces to be able to help this team go forward? Get more draft picks, trade down, um, get more assets in that particular draft. So there are... There are ways for them to be able to replenish the shelf. They can trade Jerry Judy. They can trade, uh, uh, you know, Patrick Sertain. They can trade a lot of guys and be able to kind of tear this down and build it back up in Sean Payton's image. Because this team that he took is not his type of team. It's just not. He needs guys that are smart IQ, high IQ guys that understand their role, know how to play the game the right way, do not need to be coddled or be divas that's not the way he coaches so frank clark just got released they traded randy gregory to the to the 49ers i'm hearing rumblings about jerry judy he's been in trade talks for the last two seasons so i just think that this is a part of the plan i think that he knew that this was going to be a bad team and he's just kind of doing the bare minimum to try to get their ass through the season until they can be able to kind of just start tearing it down and build it in his image. So let's see what their remaining schedule is or what their next few games look like because I'm curious to know what they have in store because if they have a lighter schedule, then that means that they can be able to, you know, possibly compete a little more, which I don't think that they should. Um, let's see what they got. So week seven, they have the Green Bay Packers. That's a winnable game because Jordan Love is rubbish. Week eight, they have the Kansas City Chiefs. So they're going to lose that. Week nine is their bye. Week 10, they got the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> they, got bad from, they got from bad to worse. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, that's going to be a winnable game. However, it's going to be tough. Cleveland Browns in week 12. Houston Texans is no easy game. The Chargers... The Lions, man. Yeah. So, listen, this is a team that may end up winning one or two more games for the entire season. It's very plausible. This is not an easy schedule. So, everything that I'm talking about here in regards to them being able to replenish the shelf, trade guys off, and just keep it like that, I think that that's what they need to do. I think, honestly, that's what they need to do because... 
them trying to compete or trying to keep things together for what? Got the quarterback in place already. He's already getting paid. You got a pretty young team in certain places. Your running game needs work. You can be able to replenish that in the draft. It's nothing to it's nothing to rush on. So I think all the criticism that Sean Payton's getting, it's warranted. It's fine. He's he's put himself in that corner in regards to talking and talking about hacking and talking about this person, talking about that person. But I think it was all a part of the plan, which makes me believe that's probably why he was talking. Because he's like, yo, I'm playing with house money. I'm going to throw shots at this dude. I'm going to throw shots at him. I'm going to do that. i do whatever the hell I want to do. Because I got carte blanche. I'm not getting fired. I win one game or no games a season. Don't matter to me. Still getting paid. So, my, my spider senses were tingling on this one. Moving on. Moving on to these same Denver Broncos, though. Steve Smith, Hall of Fame Steve Smith, made a comment about Jerry Judy, the wide receiver. He called him a jag. He told, said that he was just an average receiver. And in response to that, so he said that on his podcast, and he said that he saw Jerry Judy at the game before the game, and he was saying to him, hey, listen, young man, like, you know, I've seen that you've been um, playing a little better, so I I, I want to tell you that, you know, my bad. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I, I want to apologize for what I, for, for what I was talking about. Instead of the young man telling Steve Smith, yo, no problem, you know, OG, I, I respect you, he says, I don't fuck with you. That's what he said to him, right? And he said it multiple times. So Steve Smith, being on the broadcast uh, for the Broncos-Chiefs game, said this in... And so I was like, all right, and then he repeated it. So I'll say it again. I'm sorry that I said you were a jag, just a guy who's an average wide receiver that you use a first-round pick on. It's a short while ago, yeah. Broncos wide receiver. I hope today that you actually show up in a way that you haven't showed up in the last couple of years since they drafted you. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying that you're an average wide receiver that they eventually will move on. And when teams call me and ask him, should they trade for you? I will say no, don't trade for Jerry Judy because he's mentally unable to handle constructive criticism from people who watch specifically, can he be a wide receiver? He could be a wide receiver. He's a tier three. Bars. What more is, what more is there to say? What more? He said his opinion. Because everybody's entitled to his, their opinion. He's a Hall of Famer. He played the game at a high level. He was a triple crown winner at that position. So anybody who knows about wide receivers is Steve Smith. And what he said was exactly that. Jerry Judy was in the draft with, uh, what's his name? Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Ayuk. All of these players were picked after him. He hasn't amounted to any one of those guys' production. So for Steve Smith to say this, it's not off, off, uh, off color. It's not disrespectful. It's the truth. But you know what happens with a lot of people, especially the next gen, is that the truth hurts and they don't know how to accept it. 
So rather than take the criticism and prove people wrong, you want to fire back and be sensitive about it. Show me how good you are compared to those other guys. Are you as good as C.D. Lamb? No. Are you as good as Brandon Ayuk? Clearly not. Are you as good as Justin Jefferson? No. So where are you? Where are you in that particular hierarchy? Sounds to me that you're a tier three. Sounds to me that you're just a guy. And the reason why I know that you're just a guy is because the team that you're currently on wants to trade you. If you were that guy, they're not trading you, bro. So they feel like they can be able to get better. So don't get mad at him. Don't get mad at anybody else that has an opinion about you. Just be better. That's all. But maybe you can't. <laughs> After the break, going to talk a little Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The break. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Okay. Yeah, we in the studio it. right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out to the Old Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, 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 What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast? Yeah, my man gets the joint. What's up? Old Even. Old Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this girl something. Old Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you, well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want your all even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. All even podcast, right? All yeah. even. Uh, That's your man. My man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. You cool? Hundred percent. He cool? Is he? You cool? Let me see. Is he cool? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys has been under some scrutiny over the past week. After the 42-10 to 10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers, I, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I was numb to it. I wasn't mad because I, I, I actually saw the game ending within the first maybe 20 minutes. I knew the game was over. The problem that I'm having is that although in the grand scheme of things, that game, week five game, doesn't really matter much, it told a different story to me. And it told me that as a Dallas Cowboys fan, there's nothing to look forward to, right? So you got, there's a long season ahead, there's different ebbs and flows and twists and turns, and you never know what guy is going to be available or what guy is going to step up and, you know, answer the call or become the next star. None of that matters, though. Because when you know that your team is not bad enough to warrant a very high pick in the draft so you can be able to get some really, really elite talent and try to replenish your cabinet that way, you're not that bad to do that. 
but you're also not great enough to compete at the highest level with the greatest teams in the league. You're average, right there in the middle. What that tells me is that we've been right there in the middle for eight seasons now. And we've been right there in the middle for eight seasons now because we have the same quarterback under center for eight seasons. Dakota Rain Prescott. Everybody always tells me, I got people in my life, oh, Dak Prescott's a top 10 quarterback. What does that matter? What does it matter where you are? What matters to me is if you can be able to win the big game. So you can be one. You can be 10, you can be 15, doesn't really matter to me. Can you make the plays to win the big game? And every time I ask that question of Dak Prescott, he gives me the same answer. It's never a mixed answer. It's never mixed signals when I get from Dak Prescott. It's always the same flat answer. No, he can't. Go back and look. Against the Rams, playoffs, hey, played well, but we lost. Against the Philadelphia Eagles for the division a few years back. Yeah, he had a bad shoulder, but you played, which means that you're good enough to play, which means that there's no excuses. We lost. Last year in the playoffs. Against the 49ers, the defense allows 17 points. We get 12 on your back and two interceptions. The year prior to that, we lose to the 49ers again. Now, week five comes and we get the doors blown off of us. And your response in the media was, Yeah, it's a humbling experience. Yeah. Humbling. Got to play better. Every Dallas Cowboys fan knows what's coming out of Dak Prescott's mouth. Any press conference is the same vanilla shit. This is why I call him iRobot Prescott. He has the same dull look on his face. Deer in headlights. Same expression. Same game. So what is there to look forward to as a Dallas Cowboys fan? There is nothing to look forward to because if he's the guy here, you know exactly what's going to happen. There's not going to be some epiphany that he has as a quarterback. He's limited. He doesn't have a big arm. His mobility is questionable. His reading of defenses is not that great. And he tends to throw the ball in situations where he should never throw it. I've never seen Dak Prescott throw the ball away. He's always trying to extend plays or trying to just throw the ball away. Aaron Rodgers made a career out of it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't take sacks. He doesn't make bad throws because he just throws it away. Get another play. That's the way to play the quarterback position. Dak Prescott doesn't do that. I always say that the great quarterbacks... Adjust to the adjustment. You can start the season, play well. There's there's new tape on you now. Teams can be able to read that tape and say, okay, 
this is what he doesn't do well. This is what he does well. Let's go ahead and try to take advantage of the things that he doesn't do well and see how it goes. And if you struggle, then that quarterback will then say, okay, they found something in my game that I need to fix. So you're making the adjustment to the adjustment. Dak Prescott has never made the adjustment to the adjustment. This is why we're here. So what is my solution to this problem? There's only one. You got to let him go after the season. Find a trade partner, trade him, and find somebody else, whether it be um, you know, a bridge quarterback until you can be able to get um, Trey Lance up to speed or trade or try to get somebody in the draft. Do something because you know what's going to happen if this guy continues to be quarterback. There is no surprise here. There is no, oh, maybe he'll figure it out. No. The offensive line is getting older. The running game is not that great. C.D. Lamb is a good wide receiver, but the rest of the wide receiver core hasn't been effective. Brandon Cooks is here, and Brandon Cooks is a go-route receiver. He's a guy that's fast, that can be able to take the top, uh, the top off the defense and make big plays. Well, if you got a quarterback that can't get him the ball, then what point? What what type of impact is he going to have on your team? If you got a quarterback that can't throw the ball down there and get him, what difference does it make? I'm numb to it. I'm numb to being a Dak Prescott supporter and also a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know what to expect. I expected better from them in that game. But I also know one thing is certain. Brock Purdy's better than Dak Prescott. He just is. This is the second year in the league. I can already see it. I knew that Tom Brady was better than Drew Bledsoe from the four games that he played when he stepped in for, for Drew Bledsoe. I knew it. You can see it. I don't need this an absorbent amount of tape to know who's better than who. So that goes into my next topic. Is Brock Purdy as good as advertised? Is Brock Purdy as good as he's been playing for the 49ers? The answer is yes. See, the thing is, a lot of people like to not give credit where credit is due. Kyle Shanahan is a genius. Comes from Mike Shanahan's system of knowing how to zone block and zone run. And the running attack is so nuanced and complex and it's so great. The defense is so out of this world. They have the best linebacker core in football. Nick Bosa is one of the best defensive linemen in the game. You got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. You got, you got Christian McCaffrey as your running back. All of these things. Man, they're just loaded. Every, every position at 49 is a great. Yeah, well, Jimmy G's got to a Super Bowl with this team. Okay. But has Jimmy G played like this? The answer is no. This is a guy that since he's gotten to the league, Brock Purdy has thrown 22 touchdowns to four interceptions. Now, over the course of a full season, and he hasn't gotten there yet, but so far, the man has thrown over 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, and four picks with a passer rating of 116. 
So you want to tell me you want to tell me that it's the system? Okay. It's fine. But it's also the guy that runs the system, and that's Brock Purdy. I've seen that guy make plays. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not super athletic. But the one thing that differentiates him from Dak Prescott is that he's smarter playing quarterback than Dak Prescott is. I'm not coming at somebody's intelligence. I'm saying that on the football field, Brock Purdy deciphers and breaks down defensive concepts faster and quicker than Dak Prescott does. Dak Prescott is a old school tube TV. Brock Purdy is a 3D. It's just quicker. Process is quicker. That 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 picture is crisp. The hertz on that is like 690 to 150. Clean, efficient, knows where to go with the football, understands where the pressure is coming from, understands what's actually in front of him. So, yeah, you can have all these great things in front of you. You can have the great defense. You can have the great offensive line. Christian McCaffrey is playing at MVP level. You got one of the best coaches in the league. But you also have a guy that's just doing his job, and he's doing it at a high level. You want to know the last player to do that was? And, of course, people are going to say that I'm being a blasphemer right now in the sports tense. Tom Brady. When Tom Brady got here, he was a skinny kid. I knew who the hell Tom Brady was. Oh, that's the guy that shared time with Drew Henson. That's that guy. But he played his role, was efficient in his role, and played on a team that had great defense and a great running game and an excellent football coach. After a while, what ended up happening, Brady became the system. Who's to say that Brock Purdy can't do the same thing? So I don't, I am not going to be one of those people to say, ah, you know, it's just it's the system. Systems make players. I've seen players go from being okay, going into another situation, and being great. You want to know who that is currently? The guy that I call Jamie Lee Curtis. Jared Goff. Looks great in Detroit, doesn't he? Detroit one of the best teams in the league. I wonder why. Got a system that works for him. That tends to and caters to his skills. Oh, shock. I wish the Dallas Cowboys had Brock Purdy. Because if the Dallas Cowboys had Brock Purdy, the Dallas Cowboys would be a team that'd be undefeated. Not the San Francisco 49ers. They'd still be good. They wouldn't be this good. And they're this good because Brock Purdy's the quarterback. Moving on. Moving on. Um, speaking of Belichick, what is that to say? Team's bad, right? Team's bad. Team's bad. He's been bad. Offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, I don't know where the hell he came from, but he need to go back there. He need to go back there. Is Bill Belichick's time up? Possibly. It is because, listen, everybody has an expiration date when it comes to sports, when it comes to life. We're not here 
all the time. People want to be. I'm sure there's scientists out there that are trying to extend life another 200. I don't want to live that long. I don't want to live that long. I don't want to do anything that long. I doubt that Bill Belichick doesn't feel the crunch. I think he does. But is he ready to relinquish his power yet? No, he's not. But he's starting to show some cracks in the armor in regards to his stubbornness to change. It's been well documented over years that he's made poor decisions in free agency. He's made poor decisions in regards to drafting players that are actually talented enough to become Hall of Fame players, Pro Bowl players. He always gets the same type of lunch pail, you know, guys that work hard. But listen, you can work hard all you want. Sometimes you need talent as well as the work ethic to come together, right? You can't just have a guy that's just a guy that works hard. Eh, Jimmy works hard in the back. Man, does he fold those boxes. Comes to work on time. No, you need somebody that's going, you know, damn, it's, this, this dude just can be able to lift eight boxes by himself. Yeah, he shows up late on occasion, but man, what a great hand he is because he's just physically gifted. You need guys like that. You can have 15 Jimmies and have a great business, but you're not going to be the business that you want because there's no standouts. There's nobody that you can be able to hang your hat on and say, this is the face of my team and this is what we're going to do. That's been the problem with Bill Belichick's teams. They are lacking major talent. Even when Tom Brady was there, the later years that he was there, you started to see that although Brady was good, he was great, there was a talent problem. This is why he left. The relationship between him and Bill, he was just like, yo, I can't keep playing like this because there's no one here. I need something. What does Mac Jones have? Yes, Mac Jones is not the greatest quarterback. He's not, he doesn't have the best arm. He's not, he's not an athlete, can't run, slow as hell, complains a little bit. He's a little bit of a, a, a you know what I mean, a little, little complainish, you know? But does he have any talent there? No. There's no wide receivers there. There ain't no wide receivers. Their running backs are, are, are decent, but there's no offensive line. What do you want him to do? Who's he throwing to? The Patriots have one of the... I think they're probably tops in the league, if not top five, in separation in regards to their wide receivers. So you need to be able to separate from defenders to have an angle to catch the ball. They can't separate. Their guys do not have the separation skills to get open. So if you have a bad line, you got a quarterback that needs time and makes and needs things to be a little perfect. And you have wide receivers that can't get open. Where's he, where's he going with the football? He's going to be throwing that shit to his coach on the sidelines. There's nowhere to throw it to. So my question again, is Bill Belichick done? No. However, he needs to change in order to continue. Because if he doesn't change, then he will be done because somebody will make that decision for him, and it will be Robert Kraft. Yes, he's won six Super Bowls. Yes, that goes a long way, but how long does it go? How many years can you be able to suffer like this, knowing that even if they're bad, he's the one picking the groceries? 
So we might end up winning three games this season, but you're the one picking the groceries, and you've been picking bad fucking groceries the last decade. Can't trust you. So maybe there needs to be intervention. But in regards to Mac Jones, I ain't gonna, nobody's going to tell me different. Mac Jones, he's still all right with me. All right? He might, might look bad right now, but he needs help. He needs help. And I think that if they get him some weapons on the outside, make a big trade, go get a Mike Evans, go get somebody who can be able to be a target for him. He doesn't have that. Jacoby Myers was a guy that they can be able to, you know, he, he worked himself into being a top receiver. He's now with the Raiders playing well. He was there last season. You lost him because you didn't want to pay him. So now look, now Mac Jones is one of his favorite weapons is gone and he's struggling. Yeah, he was struggling last year, but at least he has somebody else to throw the football to. So that's my thing is that people are going crazy. I'm sure people in New England are mad, but yo, it ain't as bad as being a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm just telling you, at least y'all got six Super Bowls to be able to hang your hat on. Yes, we have five, but we haven't had one in a long time. So I don't want to hear it. I take Mac Jones right now over Dak Prescott. I, yeah, yeah, I said it. All right, that's a hot take. I don't care. I don't care. At least I, I, I would have something to expect. Maybe I can be surprised. I'm not surprised when I see Dak Prescott. I know what's coming. Interceptions. Go back to Dak Prescott real quick. I'm not done. Did you know, Nicole, that over the last was it? 19 games or 16 games, Dak Prescott has 19 interceptions. Hmm. Is that like per game or like? No, no, no. It's just total. If it was, if it was, could you imagine somebody throwing 19 interceptions a game? That'd be crazy. That'd be nuts. They would kick you out and ban you from the league. (laughs) Banned. Don't, don't ever throw football again. No, but it's, it's over the span of, that amount of games. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Which means that he's on pace to possibly throw 30 interceptions in two years. Because he has four already this season. Four. I'm numb to it. I, I've I've learned to accept my fate as a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm happy being a Cowboys fan. I am. I just need a new quarterback. I do. I don't need people telling me, well, you know, the advanced stats say that Dak Prescott is one of the best deep throwers in the league. Yeah, he is. But can he get it there? Can he actually throw the ball? Instead of seeing three people in opposite jerseys, oh, I'm going to throw it over there. There's three people over there. Odds are, if you're throwing over there with three people that are not your teammates, somebody's going to come down with a ball that's not wearing the jersey that you're wearing. That, that's just common sense. Right? Sorry, Ma. Yeah, I, you, I know you're upset, too. Um, yeah. Moving on. Moving on. There's a report about the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, obviously, the Cardinals, things can't get any worse for the Cardinals. They're playing well. They're playing inspired football. Their coach is doing the best that he can. But at the end of the day, you know... There's a rumor about toxic culture with the Cardinals, that the workplace is not what it's supposed to be by multiple employees. Um, 
and the article says, says Bidwell was told by former CEO Ron Minigard in 2019 that a majority of Cardinals employees were working in fear because of the workplace conditions created by his, his personal behavior. Bidwell is described as a micromanager who yelled at employees over seemingly minor transgressions, creating a culture where workers felt like they were walking on eggshells. You think being an entertainment sports team that is that that it would be a fun place to work? No, not at all. One employee said. So, how can we be able to break this down, Silent Assassin? Is this more of, you know, a disgruntled employee or a few disgruntled employees mad that they're probably no longer there, and you know, throwing some salt out there, or is there actual? Um, truth to these accusations i think i think it's somewhere you have to say it might be somewhere in the middle or might lean more to what what you're hearing because let's see team did not have a dedicated human okay so it's saying that there was no human resources director from 08 to until 2021 which is interesting right so if you were if you're a business and you're employing all of these people, no HR? Especially being a professional team. Right. Yeah. Like that makes it like oh, okay, so like so what I said about you know disgruntled employees, yeah, they might be some truth to that, but I think it's more leaning to eh, no HR department, no director, nobody that's overseeing what's going on. If there is a complaint, like who are you complaining to? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that makes sense um, of being in a in a in a toxic work environment. I've I've been in those situations. I've been in a place where, you know, you walk into work and the people that you have to answer to are complete idiots. And you know it. Mm-hmm. And the sad part is they know it. They know that they shouldn't be there. They're just doing their job. So it's it's this culture of favoritism based on, you know, they want to try to get one over on you. And, you know, people are in fear of losing their jobs because you're just working this nine to five job. You don't want to lose. It. You got kids. You got kids that are in school. You, you don't have money for daycare. So, of course, you're going to accept things that you possibly wouldn't accept because you're fearful of losing your job. How many of these employees were fearful of losing their job because of whatever life circumstances they had? So of course you're going to sit there and take a yelling and a, and verbal abuse by some guy who just has maybe a Napoleon complex or maybe he's a He's an egomaniac, or maybe he's a narcissist, because some billionaires are, right? That's how they got there. That's how they got successful of being these egomaniacal people, that they just have different levels to them that other people don't have. No is not an option for them. Not listening to them is not an option to them. Them belittling people and stepping over people to get what they want is an option for them. Doesn't shock me. 
none of this is shocking if the, if the accusations are true. I've, it's true, probably. So how are they going to be able to handle it? How is the NFL going to handle it? Well, they're going to have to investigate. They're going to have to see what's going on. And I don't know if penalties are going to come down, but it might be a situation that happens just like with Dan Snyder having to sell the team, right? So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, it's it's tough to walk on eggshells, even if you're in a, in a relationship with somebody and you make a joke and they're like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I can't even be myself. I can't be at work and be myself. I got to w- walk on eggshells, have some guy over my back. Did you Did you, Did you? you file those TPS reports? Get the hell out of here with that. I want no boss of you. So, yeah. Moving on. After the break, I'm going to talk about possibly. I'll go into my week six predictions real quick. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do. But we'll see because I don't care. <laughs> After the break. Yo, this is Cigar Jensen Gals. I want to give a shout out to my boy Barry for all even podcast. Keep doing your thing, bro. Killing it. NFL Week 6 Preview. Got some games on the docket. Let's see who I think is going to win. Um, moving on to the... I guess we have the early game. Is this... Oh, it's an international series. This is going to be in London, I guess, as well. Ravens and Titans. Ravens are minus four and a half underdogs in this game. This one is an iffy game. Listen, I think the Ravens defensively have played really, really good football. Offensively, they have not looked well. I don't think that Lamar Jackson has taken the step that people thought he was going to take. But at the same time, I keep saying it every week. Todd Munkin is the new offensive coordinator. It's not it's going to take them a while. Maybe until, you know, you probably see week seven, week eight, week nine, they start to, you know, look a little different. But, you know, the pieces that they added, Odell Beckham Jr. looks like he's washed. Um, Zay Flowers looks really good. Um, but the other the other guys on the outside, they got to they gotta start being a little bit more consistent. Um, Mark Andrews has been banged up. Um, them losing J.K. Dobbins, the, you know, the, the running attack is not that sound right now, but defensively they look really good. So, um, talking a lot about the Ravens, I, give me the Ravens, give me the Ravens to 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 win this game and cover. Um, I just don't like the way Tannehill is playing. I mean, Tannehill is who he is. He's a guy. Uh, you know, King Henry's over there. Their defense has looked pretty decent as well, but. I just think the Ravens have a little bit more, and I think they're going to win the game. Moving on to Commanders and Falcons. This is actually a pretty decent game between two teams that are young and looking for, um, you know, a way to catapult their season. Um, Falcons are at home. Falcons are minus two and a half at home. Give me the Falcons. I like the Commanders' defensive line. They've been playing well. I think Sam Howell has shocked a lot of people with how good he's looked. Um, Rob, uh, Rob Rivera or Ron Rivera, excuse me, the head coach of the commanders. He's looked a little out of sorts, um, in regards to some of his decision-making Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator has looked phenomenal. Uh, he's done wonders for this offense, but I just like the Falcons. I think Desmond Ritter had a great game in week five. Um, Bijan Robinson found a way to get into the end zone. I think Drake London is starting to come together a little bit too. They have some weapons over there. They they made some good additions in the offseason. The Falcons have. 
And I just think that they're playing good football right now. If they can keep Desmond Ritter clean, um, give him some options to be able to have some option reads, give him some easy, uh, you know, routes to be able to throw to. Um, I think that they'll be okay. And I think that if they allow B. John Robinson to just do what he does, attack their pass rush, run straight at them and see what they can be able to do, I think B. John can have a big day. A big day. So um, I have the Falcons winning this game. Moving on, Seahawks at Bengals. Bengals at home, minus three. Give me the Bengals. I'm not picking against Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that. Okay? Joe Burrow, you saw what Jamar Chase did after uh, the last game. He said, listen, I'm always open. I don't care where you throw the ball, how you throw the ball, in which direction you throw the ball. I'm always open. So just throw it. And Joe Burrow said, all right, my man, I got you. I'm going to just throw it up. And look what he had. I think he had like 11 catches, 190-something yards. Two, three touchdowns. The man is a beast. So I'm going Joe Burrow. He's starting to look better. He's not fully healthy yet, but he's starting to get there. He's starting to throw the ball uh, better. They protected him a lot in uh, in that last game. So I got the Bengals winning. Colts and Jaguars. Um, Richardson is going to be out for four to eight weeks. Gardner Minshew has done a great job stepping in in his absence. Uh, the Jaguars had a big win last week in London. Um bojack horseman looked okay that is trevor lawrence for people that don't know um give me the colts this is the division game give me the colts i think gardner Minshew. i think jonathan taylor being back i think the way zach moss is running the football as well their defense is playing well there's times where lawrence does look lost out there and doesn't play as well so i got the colts winning this game man jaguars are minus four and a half but i don't give a shit i'm going colts uh we got panthers and dolphins Moving on. Dolphins are going to win this game by 35. Um, Vikings and Bears. Two teams that are 1-4. and four. Minnesota's minus 3 in the road. No Justin Jefferson. He's going to be out for at least four weeks. Uh, man, this is a tough one. Um, I will pick the Bears. I will pick the Bears just because defensively they may have... They may be able to keep Kirk Cousins in a box because without Justin Jefferson, you know, they have Jordan Addison out there. He's going to be, you know, now TJ Hawkinson is going to have to take on a bigger role. Um, maybe Alexander Madison is going to have to get into the passing game, maybe catch, you know, have maybe 12 to 13 targets in this game. So we'll see. But I do think the Bears have the upper the, the upper advantage in this game. 49ers and Browns, this is going to be a very good game, two great good well good oh, a good defense against a great defense um no Deshaun Watson for the Browns they are at home San Francisco has the biggest point spread of the week minus nine and a half that sounds about right um if their quarterback if their high paid quarterback is not there and they have somebody else back there that's running around scared for his life it's going to be a bad night um 49ers win this game do I say that they win it big? No, but I do think that they win by double digits um, in regards to maybe 29-15. I can see the 49ers winning this game. Moving on, we got Saints and Texans. Texans have been playing great football in regards to defensively. Uh, C.J. Stroud has looked amazing. They are home. They have the Saints minus two on the road. Derek Carr is back. That defense has played well as, you know, well, they've played good as well. Um, Alvin Kamara has looked good. 
So give me the Saints. Give me the Saints because I like Derek Carr. I like what what he does and how he commands that offense. Um, I think Dennis Allen has done a great job coaching this team. They're inspired. They're better than what a lot of people give them credit for. So I'm going Saints. Uh, Patriots and Raiders. I am very, listen, I like, I love the Raiders. Love the Raiders, yes. Jimmy G, you know, Mr. Mr. Uh, Bunny Ranch himself. Um I can't go against Mac Jones. I can't do it. Silent Assassin, I can't do it. Can't do it. I don't care how many times they tell me that don't pick Mac Jones. I'm picking Mac Jones. It's going to be the day. This is the day that he breaks out has a good game. Three touchdowns for Mac Jones. Patriots win this game. Uh, Lions and Buccaneers. This is actually one of the underrated games of the week. I think this is going to be a good game. Buccaneers are at home. Lions are minus three on the road. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, a.k.a. Jared Goff, has played well. Uh, the offense is spectacular. Um, David Montgomery has been amazing at the running back. And, you know, Jameer Gibbs looks like a rookie. He's not that impressive right now. I need to see a lot more out of him. But what I'm seeing out of the, the Lions, you know, as a whole, as a team, they look good. Defensively, they're getting they're getting pressures. Aiden Hutchinson is all over the place as a beast. Um, so they're doing well. I got the Lions winning this game, but it's not going to be, a, a you know, a blowout. It's going to be a, a tough game because those Buccaneers play good defense as well. Cardinals at Rams. Uh, Rams have been playing very inspired football defensively. Um, if they can keep the turnovers down, uh, they can have a chance. Uh, you know, Puka Nakua, he's amazing. Uh, Cooper Cup came back and it looked like he never missed a beat. He had like 89 catches in that one game. So if he can be able to continue to do that and, and, and work the middle of the field and Puka Nakua can be able to take the top of the ball um, and then Kyron Williams running the ball, I think they have, a, they have a good chance to win this game big. But Cardinals give them a lot of credit in the five games that they've played. They've played hard. They don't quit. They don't have a lot of talent, but they're, they're very well coached. Hell, they beat the Cowboys. Beat the Cowboys. That's their only win in the damn season. They beat us. So you know, there's, there's a big chance that they can be able to pull up another upset. Eagles at Jets. Eagles are 5-0. Jets are 2-3. Jets are at home. Eagles are minus 6.5 on the road. Eagles have not looked great this season, but they are 5-0, and and that's all you can do. That's all you can ask for. Jets have been playing inspired football. Zach Wilson has looked a little better, but he's still rubbish to me. Um, defense is much improved. They look inspired. Listen. If they can find a way to be able to win this game, this can be able to catapult them for the rest of the season because I think the rest of their schedule is a little little workable and they, they can be able to get some wins there. Um, Brees Hall is amazing. Um, I don't know what they can be able to get out of Jared, uh, Jared Cook. Um, what's his name? Um, Cook, the running back. I, I just don't know if he's... Um, he just looks slow. He just doesn't look like he's an impact player anymore. But they have Brees Hall, so it doesn't matter. Um, who am I? Who am I picking to win this game? Give me the Jets. Give me the damn Jets. I'm taking them. Uh, Bills the Giants. This is not even a, a conversation. Daniel Jones, Captain Small Hands, is not playing. Uh, give me the Bills. Bills are at home. Actually, I did. I, I said that the. 49ers had the biggest spread of the weekend. I lied. It was actually the Bills Giants. It is minus 15. My God, they, they think the Giants have no shot. 
no shot. Dable goes back to to, to play the, uh, the 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 Bills, and it's 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 going to be a nightmare according to them. Uh, Monday Night Football, of course, of course. Cowboys and Chargers. Who do you think I'm gonna pick? Who do you think I'm gonna pick, Nicole? I'm going Chargers. Chargers are gonna win this game at home. They got Dallas minus two in a row. No, don't believe it. I don't believe it. Kellen Moore, he's he's a you know offensive coordinator for the Chargers. He was the ex OC OC for the for the uh the, the Dallas Cowboys. I just think that there's no saving Dak Prescott. I just think the turnover machine is going to continue in Los Angeles, aka San Diego, because that's where they're from. I don't care. Um yeah, I, I got the Chargers winning this game. Is it going to be a blowout? No. It'll be decided by, you know, a couple of plays here and there. Dak Prescott making a mistake here and costing team. I can see that happening. You know, I'm pretty much numb to it at this point. I am. I have made peace with what they are. And they are not a Super Bowl contender. They're just not. So that is my week six picks. Let's see how I do. Um, there's some good games, some underrated games. Um... I don't necessarily know who has the advantage in some of these games. And would you believe they need to flex this game? Bills and, and Giants are the Sunday night football game. Who wants to see that? Who want to see that? Flex that. Put another team in there, man. It'll make sense. It'll make sense. So that is it for my week six picks. And now it's time for my irrelevant news. You gotta be kidding me! I mean, how do you watch the? I mean, they stink. Ah, every week I have some good to great things to talk about. Not many today. I only have three. First one. Zombie viruses are waking up after 50,000 years as planet warms. Why am I not shocked? Why? We're talking about zombie viruses. What do they mean? Silent Assassin. They're saying researchers, according to researchers who revived nearly two dozen viruses, including one frozen under a lake more than 4,800 years ago. 4,800. 48,000 years ago. European researchers examined ancient samples collected from permafrost in the in Siberia region of Russia. They revived and categorized 13 new pathogens. Lovely. What they termed zombie viruses. So these things have been in rocks and ice this whole time. Starting to throw out, huh? Dinosaur disease, hey? Alien disease, yeah, great. What more? What more can we expect at this point? COVID, yeah, and foot and mouth disease, all this nonsense. Now we got zombie viruses. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't shock me. No. Yeah. I already said, I'm just waiting for the aliens to come. I ain't waiting for the aliens to come like, man, this is, yeah, it's a little rough down here for y'all. <laughs> What's going on? You need help? You know, we're coming, we, we literally come in peace. We try to help y'all because whatever's coming, nah, we've seen this before. We've seen this like a hundred thousand years ago. We don't want y'all to end up like that. We tried to help the other people and they told us to kick rocks. So we, we coming back here and we try to, we try to make peace. 
You know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. I don't know. This, you know, if people don't believe that the planet is getting warmer, you don't even necessarily have to be a scientist or Neil deGrasse Tyson. You don't have to be him. You don't have to be him to know that. You know how you can know? Step outside at one o'clock in the afternoon and look at your calendar, right? And you can literally say to yourself, hmm, it's literally almost Halloween. Should be colder than this. Should be a fine, nice breeze out here. You know, I don't have a jacket. I don't even have a sweatshirt. Oh, there's still mosquitoes flying around in October? Oh, that's how you know. You ain't got to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, like I said. You don't have to be that. You can just see what's outside. It's crazy. I think yesterday was in the 80s. Yeah. 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 Even the bums have got have have gotten used to it. Sometimes you see bums in a big, they big bubble coats because they ain't got no choice. Right? They wear whatever they got. They like, I'm taking this off, man. It's too hot out here. I ain't wearing this. They know. It's too hot right now. So moving on. Moving on. Six years after going bankrupt, Toys R Us will now open 24 new stores. I'm just going to complain this. I've been waiting, waiting for this day to come. When they closed Toys R Us, Silent Assassin, I was, I was crushed. Because I remember as a kid that feeling of being surprised if you're in the car and you know you're driving for me it was driving down sunrise highway and we i always knew when my mother was going to the mall or she was going to continue drive a little fat drive a little downward and say oh we're not going to the mall we're going somewhere else Right? So that feeling of knowing that, yo, I'm about to go to Toys R Us and go nuts. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even have to buy something. Just let me go in there and just run around. You know what I mean? Like, as a parent, you used to just do that to just pass the time for your kids. But, All right, let's go. Oh, can I have this, please? Like, no, no, no. You get it, you get it later. We go, we'll come back. Right? That's what was always a lie. Yeah, we'll come back. Mm-hmm. But just the feeling as a kid to have that experience. Now, what do these kids have? Hey, let's go to Walmart. There ain't no damn toy store in there. There's a section. Mm-hmm. Walmart. Target. Mm-hmm. That's crap. There needs to be a toy store for these children. Now they got a toy store. I'll tell you right now. Well, I'm going to bring my son. But I'll go anyway. <laughs> I'll go regardless if he wants to come. I'll make excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where were you? Oh, yeah, you know, I went out. I went to the supermarket. No bags in my head. Well, where's the grocery? I'll be in Toys R Us. You know, and if they have a Power Ranger section, I will kick out. I'll knock over some kids to get my Power Ranger toys. I, I need those. Okay, die cast. They better be the same appropriate size that I had before. I need all that stuff. I'm going to be in there. I'm pushing for I don't care. All right? Everybody that's my age, they understand the the, the joy that we had growing up going into Toys R Us. I don't care how old I am right now. I'm going into Toys R Us. I'm going in there. Black Friday, I'll be <laughs> I'll be in Toys R Us. Damn, damn no uh, 
PC Richards or Best Buy, I'll be in Toys R Us. That's where I'll be at. So it's a great, great, uh, you know, great thing, great news. I'm happy. I'm excited. Um, it's about time. They should have never closed. They're opening up 24 stores. We'll see if they'll slowly expand and, you know, see how that goes. But I think it's I think it's going to be a great experience for the kids to finally have a real place for them to go and, like, really shop for toys. You know what I mean? That's dope. So moving on. Moving on to the last irrelevant news of the week. Women in Berlin can now be naked in public. It's wonderful. I listen, I particularly think this is just me. If people want to walk around with no tops on, do whatever you want. It's America's free world, right? It's the United States or whatever country it is. Just be able to do what you want. Who cares? Who cares? Topless bars, topless beaches. People can go to games, topless, whatever the hell they want to do, man. It's just, it's just, we, we got one life to live. Cool, man. <laughs> cool, man. Peace, man. Like, do the hippie shit. I'm all good with it. I'm fine with it. I'd like to ask you, though. How would you feel if you're in another country and somebody just says, boy, it's, you know, you're in a restaurant and you just, you know, having a good time, drinking or having brunch and somebody just, boy, it's hot in here. And it just, it just, yeah, it just disrobe right in front of you. Would you feel I mean, awkward? I I don't think I, like, I would necessarily care. I would just definitely be like a shock because like <laughs> it's always been like obviously keep your clothes on. Yeah. But like I'll be like, you know, okay, it is, you know, it is what it is. Because like normally now like the tops that are being worn are, aren't really covered. Super revealing, yet. right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, like I said, like I don't really care. And like I'm for like if a man, like a bigger man can walk around without a shirt. It's like, what's the difference? Right. Between, you know. That's a good point. So it's, good, like, it, it, it's still, <laughs> still the same D cups that are... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still the same D cups that are swinging in, in, in the wind. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And listen, I don't know if anybody realizes this, right? But like all the like the nude beaches that are around the world, there was never no like attractive people that go to nude beaches. It's always like some out of shape old people yeah. with wrinkles on top of wrinkles. Like it's just it's not it's not appealing. So if these people want to go ahead and have time, there's not gonna be like attractive people that are doing this. It's going to be people that just severely overweight. You know, they got rolls on top of rolls. And they just want to, I'm free. I just, I just want to be myself. Hey, go ahead. It's fine. Nobody's looking for that anyway. So if you want to go topless, you go ahead and do your thing. But I'm all for free speech. I'm all for doing whatever the hell you want to do. Just know that certain things you have or certain things you do come with consequences. That's all it is. Um, that is my irrelevant news of the week. Oh, snap. I mean, how do you watch the... the, the, the yes. After the break, some NBA news. He has changed the game. Whether you like it or not, he's changed it. He's impacted the game in some fashion or form. I, I'm going to find a ball mistress for you to go to. <laughs> and you go, you going to turn that motherfucker out. <laughs> yeah, all the gals watching. <laughs> 
Grack Grack em em if you got them. If you got em. <laughs> All the gals watching, minus, minus six. And I would like to formally welcome you to... Welcome. Welcome. And welcome. To the grid. To the grid. To the grid. To the grid. Welcome to the grid. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the grid. grid. Welcome to the grid. Shaquille O'Neal has been named president and Allen Iverson has been named the VP. Shouts to them. I think that's a great thing for them to be able to rebrand the brand itself. Um, you know, get two guys that were the pillars of that sneaker department and that division and be able to see how they can be able to um push this into the next generation you need you need some figureheads to be able to be relatable Allen Iverson is one of the most beloved basketball players in regards to the culture in regards to just the historical context of the league um you know he holds so much weight and for him to be VP um spearheading this thing with Shaq I, I think it's a great thing you know I just just keep Shaq out of like designing the shoe like just don't have him in that room like you know just have him sign off or whatever just say cool like I don't need Shaq's ugly ass sneakers being out there and thinking that is hot because his line was yeah Allen Iverson on the other hand his line was fire right you got the questions um those were fire people are still wearing those to the to, to this day different colors different you know colorways so if he can be able to have his imprint on, you know, just the the culture of, you know, what's hot, what's what's new to the streets, what people are looking for, the demand, I think it's a I think it's a great way to be able to kind of push this forward. You know, Puma has taken the place of Reebok in regards to that aspect of 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 the culture. So, you know, if Reebok can be able to make a comeback, I think it'd be a great thing. And, you know, Shaq has had his hands in a lot of things and him now um, being the president here, I think it, I think it's fitting. I think it's good. I think it's a good step for him to be able to see how he can be able to, you know, revitalize this brand. So I'm, I'm excited for it, man. I, I don't know if I'm a bottom shit. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> I don't buy those. But um, but I definitely support from a distance because you know those are two of my favorite guys out there. You know I mean, and um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good thing. You know, it's better than wearing some big ball of. <laughs> I ain't wearing no big ball of brand sneakers. I will wear some Reeboks before some BBBs. Get get them shits out of here. Um, moving on, moving on. Miles Bridges. Um, there's a warrant issued for his arrest. He's actually, I believe he's surrendered to that warrant or he's, um, yeah, I think, I think that's the update. So according to the reports, he has violated some probational clauses and, um, had a, had contact with person that he wasn't supposed to have contact with and, 
he's already serving suspension, a 10-game suspension for the domestic violence, the DV that he had. Um, and now you have this on top of it compiled with this. So I don't know what's going on with the NBA or what they're going to do, what their decision is going to be. But this is not a good thing for him to have this come out now. Um, you know, there's no air between offenses, right? Um, he's 25 years old. He's super talented. But how far can talent get you before people have to cut bait and kind of cut their losses and say, you're too much trouble for your talent to get you out of, right? Um, so, you know, I, I'm if that's what they're saying, that he violated his probation, you know, I got to go with that. I'm hoping the best for the kid. I think he's a talented guy. But, you know, at 25, me at 25, I needed a lot of maturing, right? A 25-year-old kid with millions of dollars, that's a different level of maturity that you have to try to get to, right? You, you, there's a, there's a hubris that you have at that point. Millions of dollars, you think you'd be able to do everything. You're not listening to people. You know your brain is starting to really kind of solidify at 25. Like you're not an adult, an adult yet. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping for the best for him, but you know, you keep doing knucklehead shit. It's just at some point people are just gonna turn their backs on you. They really are. Um, sticking with the same team, younger guy Kai Jones. Um, he was recently waived um, by the Charlotte Hornets as well. Um, he's had some questionable Instagram posts. Um, there was one that I saw where he was just sweating profusely, talking fast, um, and just looked like he's on drugs. Like he had that look of somebody that's just like on something. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of concern. He's a very talented kid. Um, just like Miles Bridges, different situations, different circumstances, obviously, but you know, I, I can't dive too much into it because I don't know all the details, but he just looks like somebody who's on something. And if that is the case, then they're going to have to try to, you know, wash him out. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the the NBA's responsibility, the Hornets' responsibility, or that's something that he's going to have to do uh, individually. But, you know, to see a young person that's doing that or going through that, they're you know, obviously that this could be as taboo or whatever it is, cliche to talk about now, but there could be some mental health situations going on. I, I have no idea um, what the situation is there, but it don't look good. It don't look good for them to be able to kind of take a step back from him. You know, it, it could have been something that they've been dealing with since he got drafted, and now it's... it's um, out there in the public and they just kind of like listen we 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 can't deal with this anymore so we'll we'll, we'll see how this happens i want to see how this story develops um if it gets any better but you know it's very sad to see um this young man just look like he needs some help um 
that that's that's all I can say about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it there because if I say any more, then you know I'll I'll seem insensitive, and I don't I don't necessarily always want to come off that way. Silent assassin. I don't. I may be mean and crass, and sometimes I could be a bully, but not today. I don't. I don't feel like going pulling that 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 file today. Um, but what I will do. Let's pull a file on somebody else. I just don't understand. I truly don't get what's going on with James Harden anymore. I just don't. Nothing makes sense to me. So there was a an interview that he had. You know, he's publicly came out numerous times. And I played too early. Um, that said that he wants to get traded from... The Sixers to the LA Clippers. And upon laughing so hard that I can't control myself, when I actually do settle down and try to get a you know a, a logical thought in my brain, I, I think about why. Why is this a thing for him? Why is it always, or why is it currently that he wants to get out of Philly? He recently came out and said that when he... Wanted to wanted to to get traded to Philly. He wanted to retire a Sixer. You're a Sixer. What's forcing you to retire a Sixer? What's forcing you not to? Like, there's nothing stopping you here. What is stopping you is the fact that you think that you're worth more than what they're paying you. That's the problem. It has nothing to do with how Daryl Morey treats you, how he doesn't treat you, how the team is not good, how they haven't put certain pieces around you. None of that matters. It's all money related. Max, uh, max money. James Harden thinks that he's a max player. Max player meanings that he's he thinks that he's worth anywhere north of fifty five plus million dollars a year. It's not. At this stage of his career, all the tread that he has on the tires or lack of tread that he has on the tires, the wear and tear, the problems that he's created, the constantly in and out of teams. He wants to get traded here. He gets traded there. He's not happy. He wants to get traded there. He gets traded there. He's not happy. It's a vicious cycle. This is going to possibly be the second time that he's with Daryl Morey and he forces his way out of a Daryl Morey run team. If I'm Daryl Morey, why would I even be comfortable with that? No, I'm not going to trade you where you want to go unless I get what I want. Daryl Morey believes that he should get an all-star back for James Harden. I can't blame the man for that. But what are you going to have to deal with knowing that this guy is going to be a disgruntled player going forward? So this is what James Harden said in the um, training camp presser that he had, which just doesn't make sense to me because I got some more stuff to pull on him. Explain sort of where your head is at with your situation and kind of how you plan to proceed from here. Yeah. Um, just to like the fans, man, it's like, uh, I just appreciate the support and love. And, and you know, I mean, it's definitely it's a difficult time, but for me, it's just trusting, you know, uh, the people that you've known over decades, uh, 
got traded here. My, my whole thing was I wanted to retire at 60. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be here and retire at 60. And the front office didn't have that in their, in their future plans. You know what I mean? So, like, it's literally out of my control. Um, it's something that I, I, didn't, I didn't want to happen. And it's just being in this position. But, you know, I, I got to make a, a decision for, you know, my family. I understand this is a business. You know what I mean? So, it's just as simple as that. You know what I mean? I, Come here today and work, work my butt off and uh, do, do the things necessary as a professional as, as I would do and as I've been doing for 15 years. What do we take away from that little minute clip? Certain things that he said. Gotta do what's best for my family. Wouldn't it be best for your family to stay in one place? If your kids are going to school. They've already established roots here because you've told them that this is it, that this is where you want to be. And all of a sudden now you want to up and leave. You want to go to the Clippers. Why do you want to go to the Clippers? Because you believe that you can go to a franchise in the Clippers that you can do whatever the hell you want to do. They're losers. They're career losers. They have an owner that spends a lot of money, has a lot of money, and he's desperate to win. So anybody that's desperate to win will make mistakes in bringing in anybody. He has Russell Westbrook over there already. He has Paul George there. Kawhi Leonard. So you want to add him to the mix now? Go ahead. I've seen circuses that have more structure than the Clippers do. What do I care? But what I do care about is how he views himself. So I'd like to put some facts out there for you, some stats. Not even more stats, just more of an evaluation of understanding what James Harden is. Did you know that the Brooklyn Nets offered James Harden a max extension before the 21-22 season? Do you know how much that extension would have been for? Three years at $161 million. He declined that. Decided to get traded to the Sixers. So the Sixers now have given him a little bit more money, or he took less to opt-in so they can get more players in, but now he's upset that he doesn't have the money that he deserves. You could have signed that extension and still ended up a sixer. You see how that works? So you turn down money, but now you want them to make up what you turned down. No, 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 that's not the way it works. You accepted the deal. Play out your contract. You can be a free agent after this year. But guess what the reality is for James Harden? If James Harden hits the free agent market this season, he's not going to make anywhere close to what he's making right now. Because there's going to be teams out there that are going to say, yeah, you're a bit of a flight risk. So why should I invest my money when we can probably get maybe two or three guys for that amount of money that want to be here and want to build themselves up as players, not looking at if they can be a scoring champion or 
this me, me, me attitude that comes with all of these other arrangements that I got to make sure that you have arrangements to go to the strip club. I got to make sure that you have this, you got this, you got meat, milk, all of these things that come with you don't want it. So that's the problem. Turn down a lot of money. Turn down a lot of money. And now you're trying to recoup that back. Won't happen. So what's going to be the solution? Is Darryl Morey going to continue to play hardball with James Harden? I think he should. Calls bluff. I'm going to play you. If you want to go ahead and devalue yourself during the season by not playing hard, not showing up on time, not being in shape, that's up to you. I have to continue to do what's best for this team. It's just like the Milwaukee Bucks. It's just like the Portland Trailblazers. Dame has been saying, I'm going to Miami. I want to go to Miami. I, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to be loyal to the story, I'm not going anywhere. But then he's, I want to go to Miami. And they said, oh, Miami, you say. That's where you want to go? South Beach? You want to Clevelander? You want to be all of these places? Yeah, 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 yeah cool. We're sending you to the Bucks. That's where you're going. Happy with that? Don't really care because that's where you're going. As a team, you find the best deals that are appropriate for you. That's what's going to happen to James Harden. He may not end up on the Clippers. He'll end up somewhere else. Maybe not where he's happy. But if it comes back down to money, maybe he will go to some sideshow team that needs an attraction to sell some tickets and they'll pay him the big bucks. Will he be happy? Because if that's the case, you're complaining or you're not happy about what you're making because you being a 76er, you are a sixer. You could retire a sixer if you wanted to. They have another superstar there. They have the GM that you like. What's, what's the problem? There is none. The only problem is your ego. The only problem is that you feel that you should be making more money. The decisions you made put you in this situation, and now you want somebody else to clean it up for you. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like a child. Children make mistakes, and then they run to their parents to go fix it. Not taking accountability for what they actually did. That's where dangling money in front of you because another desperate franchise wants to give you money to help change their culture. You said no. So why should a fairly decent run franchise tell you yes? If you didn't take the sucker money, you think I'm going to give you that? It's not happening. Sorry. Not sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Hmm, I'm going to hold this until after the break, Nicole. Let, let me see if I have something else to talk about. Oh, I don't. I do have a shot to take. Um, Shouts to my man, Bishop. He showed me a video footage this morning of Ben Simmons in preseason. And Ben Simmons is over here shooting jump shots, fadeaways, Looking like Magic Johnson out there. And I'm just like, yeah. So he was very excited, my friend Bishop. Yeah, it's just, look, look, he looks healthy, man. 
Finally, you know, I think the back surgery last year was, you know, was holding him back, man. He's moving better. And my response to him was very, very flat, like a plate of piss. It was, so? So what? It's preseason. You can shoot all the shots you want in preseason. I don't care. I don't care. I need to see it in a regular season. You want to be Jordan in the preseason? Go ahead. I need to see this in the, in the regular season because if he does, I have nothing bad to say about Ben Simmons. I don't hate Ben Simmons. I just feel that he was taking people's money. He was robbing a bank, robbing people blind. So if he's going to go ahead and produce and be good, that's great because the Nets are going to be better for it because he's a good player. The NBA will be better for it because now that they have a guy that they can be able to say, oh, he's finally got it. He's comfortable. He's happy. He's out of Philadelphia. He doesn't have that particular pressure on him. Now he's in Brooklyn, you know, trying to be able to create a a, a, a culture and, 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 you know, build his resume here. Great. I want to see him do well. I want to see him excel. I don't want to see him fail, but I do hate the bullshit that comes behind it, that people are so captivated by his muscle picture. And him working out in the offseason. I don't give a shit about none of that. Just play basketball. Just play. If you play well, you're good. Fine. But I don't need all this other nonsense. It's back. I don't care. Just play. And for Colin Cowherd, I remember years ago, Colin Cowherd said, Hey, LeBron, we got Ben Simmons. We're good. Really? Yeah? Ben, ben Simmons is LeBron. That's that's the savior. Look what happened. Years later, we're still trying to figure out who the hell he is while LeBron is still playing at a high level. Old ass man. Huh? He doesn't need to be anybody's savior. That was the problem for Ben Simmons. He just needs to be a guy that plays basketball. He needs to just be able to go, uh, you know, kind of fade to the back be one of the, the, the individuals on the team, not be the star, and that's where he's comfortable. That's his game. He's not a superstar personality. He's not a superstar athlete. He's just a guy that wants to be a guy. And just let him be that, and we'll be fine. After the break, I have some celebration to do. I have a lot to celebrate for. I don't want to talk about it until after the break. Welcome back, y'all. Man, listen, I'm in a great mood. I want to, listen, we just, we just going to play it. For the second year in a row, the Philadelphia Phillies have taken them to task. Send them packing. Love it. I hate the Phillies. I hate them. But I hate the Braves even more. So for us to be home together makes... Listen, we, we got room right here. We got room right here. So we got the Phillies left, Diamondbacks, Rangers, Astros. Who do you think is, is the best team that's left? Um, I think best team... On like paper as a whole, yeah, 
you know, still the Astros. Yes. But um, like you said before, I think like the Phillies kind of want that revenge. From yeah. Last year, so I think, you know, to me, like they're like my favorites as winners, which yeah. kind of sucks, but yeah. I agree with you. I I agree that uh, you know, I think. The Astros are the most talented team left. They got good pitching. Verlander's back over there. Shouts to him. Um, you know, they've done well. Uh, the Rangers, they choked the division away, but the fact that they're actually still here, I mean, that that that's, that could be a compelling series too. Scherzer versus Verlander. Can, can we get that matchup at some point? I mean, I know Scherzer is... Um, I think he's working his way back to try to to try to be healthy. I don't know if he's gonna pitch out the bullpen or be a starter, but you'll probably see him at some point in that ALCS. But um, but yeah, I I think we're on pace to have the Astros and Phillies again because I think I think the Phillies are gonna dog walk fucking D backs. They're gonna dog walk them. Um. Rangers and Astros are a little bit more it's a little bit more difficult to 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 predict because the Rangers have a great offense and the Astros have great pitching. So, you know, great pitching always can neutralize good hitting, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm just here for the Braves bullshit. I I am because Braves fans are so obnoxious. You would think that the Braves have like 15 World Series the way they talk. You know, granted, listen, they've dominated the, a- the the NL East. Okay, great. Yay. Where's it gotten you for the last two seasons? You guys had a miraculous, you know, comeback. You win a division. We beat the Mets. Oh. And then you get dog walked by the Phillies in the playoffs. And then this year, oh, we're the favorites to win. Oh, we had the best player in the league. Oh, he's 40 home runs, 70 RBIs. Oh, Acuna. Oh, we love him. Oh. Where was he? Man had two hits in the series. Bum. Yeah, see, see what I'm talking about? Like, for me, I I appreciate guys who are talented, but there's a difference between being a regular season dude and being that guy when it comes to the postseason. Give me Bryce Harper any day of the week because that guy understands big-time baseball. He understands clutch moments. He understands what his team needs from him in postseason play to be able to advance. And I'm sure the Yankees are kicking themselves in the head knowing that that was a guy that wanted to be a Yankee and you told him no. I wish the tides had turned and Cohen had owned the team years back when Bryce Harper was a free agent because, man, would I have loved to see him in a Mets uniform. I am a Bryce Harper fan and it pains me to my core that he's a Philly and he will be a Philly for probably the rest of his career. It's, it's, it's painful. So the only way for me to feel better about myself that he is a Philly is to get Shohei Itani or to get a uh, Mike Trout. That's the only way I'm going to feel better. So anyway, I'm feeling better. So listen, shouts to the Phillies uh, for advancing to the NLCS. I don't like them, but the fact that you guys took out the Braves, I love you guys. Love you guys. Um, you know, before I move on, let me just... Uh, as I'm talking about the Mets, though, did you hear the news? Yep. What's the news I'm talking about? There's a few um, new things we got. 
Um, David Stearns. Yes. Got, uh, Epler gone. Yes. And um, fortunate Buck Showalter also. Yeah, Buck's gone. Buck's gone. That's uh, not what I'm talking about, though. Not talking about that? No, I, I covered that last week. Yeah. I did. There's some positive news. Okay. Would you believe me if I told you that there's rumors that Shohei Otani would be very intrigued playing in the East Coast? Yes, I saw that. I think last night he's more open now to, you know, coming over here. Which tells me something. Because I remember years back, there was a team that was on his trade list. And you know what team that was? Hmm. The New York Mets. So, in a perfect world, you get rid of the ops. That was Scherzer and Verlander. We got rid of them. Dog walked them out of here. We dog walked Billy Epler's ass out of here. That crook. Right, get him out of here. That Cashman clone, Mr. Potato Head in the face, get him out of here. Right, Buck's gone. Somebody had to be the fall guy, but Buck, man, he he laid the hammer down on Apple before he left, and I loved it, loved it. But who's to say that we don't get Shohei? I think it happens. I think I, right now I'm like. 70% confident that we land Shohei because no one can outbid us. No one. Mm-hmm. And outside of, you know, Anaheim or Los Angeles, where's the biggest Japanese market? Yeah, right now. New York City. Here. So he'd be very comfortable here. And he'd be the guy here very quickly. Mm-hmm. And he would be advertised the way he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. As being the best player in the game. And everybody will know who the hell he is. So, you know, Matsui was big here. But he will be way bigger than Matsui. So, Shohei, you need to take your ass to Queens. All right? Make a lot of people in Queens happy. Especially if we know that possibly the Phillies are going to win this World Series. We need something to cheer for. Something. Could you imagine the Phillies win a World Series? It's like, <sighs> like you said, like the only way like I like is I'm also a Harper fan, so I would like him, yeah, you know, to have his moment. Yeah, other than that, it's like okay, you know, this is yeah, let's just move the fuck on. Like, I just, you know, I, I'm just tired of all the teams in the NL East getting their time in the sun. Like, we even seen the Marlins win a World Series recently. Like, really, mm-hmm. the Nationals. Really? Yeah, everyone in, 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 you know, what was it, the Marlins were? 20, 20 it was two, 2003 was their last yeah. championship. Yeah, so everyone within the past, you know. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. And we're just still. And we're still searching. <laughs> yeah. It's painful. It's painful. So that's, that's all I wanted to say. I'm very happy that the Braves are gone because I just don't give a shit about them. I never do. Um, the only person I cared that was ever a brave was Aaron bleeping, um, you know, Hank Aaron. That was it. 
I didn't like Chipper Jones. I like Andrew Jones too. Andrew Jones wasn't bad. Deion Sanders was a brave for a little while. I was okay with that. Brian Jordan. Eh, all right. But yeah, just just Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron was the only decent person ever donned a Braves jersey. That was it. Everybody else is scum. <laughs> scum. Okay? So anybody has a Braves fan, I don't care for you. I don't care for you. I don't want to talk to you. And I'm very happy that you are sitting in misery right now. You can enjoy your Ronald Acuna's MVP because that's the only thing you're going to have. Don't care. Moving on to the greatest segment on the planet, W of the Week. Tommy. Yeah. Every week I go around the room and I don't have to go far. I can ask who, who is the dummy of the week? Silent Assassin, who you got? Uh, this morning I saw that <clears throat> a New York uh, bus driver caught drunk driving says she didn't know White Claws were alcoholic. You know what? I The older I get is the more I understand that people are just dumb. Like, there's no other explanation. Like, there's nothing else I have to hear about where she's from, how she grew up, what job she's had, how her resume looks, the people that she interacts with in her life. None of that shit matters. Some people are just dumb. How old is this person? Is there any knowledge of that? It didn't say age, just that she was like, uh, she was fired for, you know, drinking on the job, not realizing that, you know, they're alcoholic. You know what's crazy about, or what's funny about this story is that every alcoholic beverage has a disclaimer mm -hmm. on the actual bottle or can or box, mm -hmm. and it tells you how much alcohol is in the actual container. Yeah. So you're trying to tell me that this person purchased something and just doesn't look at labels. Yeah. Don't look at the cover. Idiot. Yeah. Even like to be drinking, like you have to be a few deep and then start Yo! feeling. Yeah. She must you have know. pounded like seven of those yeah. to be that inebriated to crash a bus. Yeah. Idiot brain. I'm telling you when that, that space in the back of your head didn't know it was alcoholic. I, like I said, I, I don't have much faith in humanity anymore going forward. I'm just waiting for the aliens to come down. I, I'd rather speak to them. Take me take me to Red Rocks. That's where I want to go. I, I want to be far away from this place because it's the idiots that are tearing it down. It's the idiots that are tearing it down. They are. So that that's a good one. I like that one from you. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have two this week. Um... My friend Bishop was trying to lace me with more, but I'm only going with two. May I have the drum roll, please? And the first winner for Dummy of the Week, Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal is my... Dummy, yeah. Because shouts to my man Kyle Kennard. He was on uh, the All Even special interview... Um, where 
I have real convos with the real ones. He is the defensive end slash linebacker, um, two-time defensive lineman of the week, Kyle Kennard. He was the one that recovered the fumble from the Miami-Georgia Tech game. And that never would have happened if the head coach had a brain in his head. So Mr. Cristobal was up and thought that, hmm, I should not take a knee right now. I will just let my running back take the ball and figure it out. Everybody on planet Earth, I'm talking about everyone. Children, old people that got one eye, uh, Uncle Uncle Phil that's obese that got the hamburger in his hand and he's about... Everybody knew what was coming. Kneel down. Game over. Kyle Kennard on the other team. Kneel down. Game over. So when we see this not happen and the guy fumbles the ball, what do you expect? You think anybody's going to feel sorry for you? No. If I was the AD, I would fire him the same time. He wouldn't even be able to come through the, the locker room. Like right there at the, the, at the tunnel, box was already there. Box with your nameplate right there. Just walk straight, walk this way. Don't his locker room, you don't you don't go here. You you walk to the you walk to where everybody's coming, going back to their cars in the parking lot. That's where you're going. You literally cost us a chance to actually do something special this season because you had a brain fart. You don't realize that kneeling is the is the thing to do. People play Madden, right? You know, everybody likes to play Madden, and that's what kids do. Like you, you can be up nine points, three points, one point, and instead of them taking a kneel down, they'll keep, they'll keep running the ball or throw the ball and give you. That's dumb. What is going on with people in regards to the the the, the processing of of brain cells, like? As a, as a player, if I'm a player and I'm like, my head coach just called the dumbest play outside of Pete Carroll not giving the ball to Beast Mode in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Why should I feel comfortable of this man telling me life, life lessons, giving me life information, telling me how to spend my money or how to save it, telling me what I should be able to do offensively on his team? I'm not taking no advice from you. You're an idiot. You're dumb. His wife, I'm sure, probably thinks he's an idiot now. Like, everybody knows what I've been saying for years. He's dumb. So I'm not, I don't feel sorry for him. He's just my dummy. Yeah. That's all it is. So moving on to the last dummy. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is my next dummy yeah. because Micah Parsons has a podcast. Now, of course, everybody has a podcast. Now, all of these players just don't want to just play anymore. They want to be a part of the media. They want to run their mouths. And my issue here is that Micah Parsons went to his podcast after getting blown out by 42 or 32 points, 42 to 10 to the San Francisco 49ers and said this. He doesn't believe that the talent discrepancy is that wide between the two teams. That he believes that they're on the same level as the San Francisco 49ers. 
How? You got dog walked in your own building. Right? Oh, no, no. They were, they were in San Francisco. But you got beat. Michael Parsons didn't do a damn thing in the game. Got taken out of the game. Hasn't shown him. I haven't seen him do any impactful shit in the last three weeks. But you're supposed to be our best player. Problem is that, that I have with Michael Parsons is that now that he has this podcast, he has he seems to have to try to find some controversial things to talk about, some hot topics, some hot points. I don't need my best player having a podcast running his mouth about shit. I need him to make plays on the field. I need him to not worry about what San Francisco's doing because this is the same guy that said, yeah, we ready for San Francisco, man. We've been waiting for this game, really. Didn't see his impact in that game. Had no, he had, what, what he had, two pressures in that game. He's had like three pressures in the last how many weeks? I don't care about what your opinion is of how you think your team stacks up against San Francisco. You got dog walked by 32 points. What I need you to do is focus on making some plays, getting some sacks, being the guy that we all think you're supposed to be. But it's starting to dawn on me a little bit that does a lot more talking than he does impactful stuff. I, I tend to know that when teams focus on him, he tends to disappear. Like, he'll have a sack here and there, but he's not a gritty guy. He's not a dog. The San Francisco 49ers have dogs. Greenlaw, the, Nick Bosa, these guys are dogs. They're all over the place. They're always making plays. Micah does not. Micah's talented. He's one of the most talented players in the league. But T.J. Watt's better than him. You know why T.J. Watt's better? Because you know when T.J. Watt's on the field. You know when my, uh, Nick Bosa's on the field. You know when Aaron Donald was on the field. Sometimes you don't even know that Mike is there. So instead of you being on your podcast and talking all this bullshit that I don't care about as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I would like for you to play. I'd like for you to play. Prove it on the field. Not prove it on some stupid ass podcast, and uh, I just, I just don't, I don't care. Focus on being a superstar for your team instead of being a media darling, because at the end of the day, if you're not producing on the field, your podcast means nothing. You're just a, you're just a, a, a jag, a guy, just a regular dude. You're supposed to be Lawrence Taylor, the next coming. Nah, Lawrence Taylor talked. But he also backed it up on the court, on the field. Ray Lewis talked, backed it up on the field. So I'm done hearing about who you think we're better than. Oh, we're going to be better. We're going we're gonna, to, I don't care anymore. The podcast just makes you look foolish. And if you're going to continue to say foolish things, on your podcast about the team that you currently play for, I'll be here every week hitting this button. Dummy, yeah. That's all for this show. Micah Parsons, um, Mr. Cristobal, idiot brain bus driver, 
you know, you guys all took severe L's, whether you got fired from your job and now Burger King is hiring, or Cristobal, I don't know how you still got your job. And Mr. Michael Parsons, you're, you're just not that guy. You're just not. So you just need to shut up about it, honestly. Um, y'all are winners. Winners with something, you know, dummy of the week. Um, Nicole, salute to you. Um, like I said, never leave that long again. Um, it's going to be in your contract going forward. Um, but no, I'm glad you had fun. Um, I had fun as well in regards to those live streams, but this is more my sanctuary. You know, nobody's here, but I think the show went well. You know, checking my I'm checking my fantasy this week. We play. You're 0 and 5. And you need to understand what we have to do, okay? We, we we need to just keep the party going. Just take the dive, okay? Take one for the team. You don't need to beat me. Right? You got nothing to prove, okay? So all your good players, just say, hey, listen, I forgot to make my lineup this week. I was really busy. Oh, is that is that an empty slot? I forgot. Forgot, just, you know, just take the dive. It's fine. It's fine. There's no shame in it. There's no shame. It's no shame. Just make me feel better about myself. Okay, I've won two games in a row. I'm not trying to lose the only winless team in the league. I don't need that. I don't need it. Okay? Yeah, I'll see what I can. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. You went from you went from, you know, having Joe Burrow and everything was hunky dory to 0-5, but that, that's how fantasy is, man. Yeah. Fantasy is yeah. a terrible beast. Yeah. It is. It makes you, it will make you hate yourself. It would. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, I am slowly creeping up the rankings. I beat Alfred last week, and he was quiet as a field mouse. He was over here talking about, oh, you know, yeah, I'm the best team in the league. When I smoked his boots, didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, man. Um, trade season is coming up. I'm about to send out some offers. See what's going on. Maybe Claw. You know, he's, we call him the uh, the trash man cometh when it comes to, to, to trades because he sends nothing but rubbish. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. So until next week, stay safe, stay cool. Peace. My son is the champ. So get over it. <laughs>